0: Frontier. Ladies and gentlemen, the following podcast is Wrestling Daft and is scheduled for one o. Oh. are yeah. coming now?
1: Welcome to Wrestling Daft, the mark. Sorry, if you are watching the video version, I'm wearing a lucha mask just for authenticity, because that's all the rage these days—is face mask. That's a little bit better. Hi, Aileen from Larbert, weighing in at 184 pounds, I am the Larbert Luchador, I'm John, producer of Wrestling Daft and host of this show, and with me, he's just served his violation process, he is also wearing a mask today, if you're watching the video version of this on Patreon, um, he's back from his violation of the Wrestling Daft wellness policy, he's bigger than the weight of belts that Sasha and Bailey are now carrying, it's Big Alex.
2: I'm not sure how acceptable for shops my face mask is going to be is it covers all the wrong parts of my face currently
1: yeah you you can't shop in shops with that one my friend Um, yeah your mouth's open so you can't really do that at least mine's had a mouth covering on it but the nose was open so uh, well, I was really looking forward to walking around Tesco with my lucha mask, but I don't think that's going to happen. And see so um, if you're going
2: to stick on about your wellness policy violations. I'm not quite Randy Orton, so I don't get more than three. So I think that's two now. So That's I'm two
1: wellness wellness violations, Alex. So we'll see how you go over the next one. Three strikes and you're out, my friend. Uh, let's welcome another man to the show. Uh, this week, he's made Colombo look like an amateur. Now, we'll get onto that a bit later on. It's Sports Kidaz, wrestling journalist extraordinaire, it's Gary Cassidy.
3: Hello, how's it going? I'm currently trying to figure out because I think right now with Alex wearing that mask, we look like AEW's three man booth announce table. So I'm trying to figure <laughs> out what one me and what one John is. Oh, you,
1: All right, I'm there. Be,
2: oh, yeah, because they both got glasses, don't they? <laughs>
1: yeah, I'm, I'm a bit, I'm a bit dopey, so I'm probably Jim Ross. We'll let you be Shivoni. <laughs>
2: we you be, Shivani. Uh, so none of you are claiming Chris Jericho, no? Just, just Shivani and JR. Shiboney. Good choice, boys. Good choice.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, before we get into the show, we've got to address the elephant in the room, and that is what happened on last Friday's Wrestling Daft, which um, was a bit out of the blue. Um, you know, we, we, we talked about it, but basically it possibly could have been Rab and Grado's last Wrestling Daft. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I run, you know, the, the podcast company and we love the guys, but it's just, we can't afford it. So we basically come to you guys. If you want to keep the show going, you got to get involved, sign up to our patron and oh my God. Wow. Um, thank you. Thank you so much because over the weekend, we've, ad- we've more than doubled our patron audience. Uh, incredible. Absolutely incredible. A lot of patrons up in the their level from you know, $4 to $10 or $10 to $20. So thank you so much for getting involved. Um, I'm going to shout out to a couple of people that have signed up. Ronan Cool, Ryan Bowstow, Chris McEwan, Brian McCart, Carl England, Alan Cameron, Nathan Miller, David Miller, Daniel Hubble, Jamie Halliday, Fraser Bloy, Stephen Treanor, Andy Newerhead, Ben Oliver, Brian Kinsella, Stephen Brayford, Craig Allardyce, Robert Rochelle, Gillian Cathro, Blair Mulgrew. The list goes on and on and on of all the people that have signed up to our Patreon. So thank you, it's, it's incredible, it's incredible. And you know, if you do want the show to continue, that's the only way of doing it. I've spoke to Rab, I've spoke to Credo. they've got a big decision to make now. Um, so it's gonna be a bit of a cliffhanger. <laughs> it's gonna be like the end of an Attitude Era um, Raw at this point because we'll find out what happens um, on Friday um, and fingers crossed the, the boys will be back. Um, no matter what happens, however, myself, Gary and Alex, we've all talked and we're going to keep keep this ship going because, as I said uh, last Friday, we've built up such a strong community of wrestling fans on this podcast that we really don't want to see that slip away, especially here in Scotland. So we thank you for getting involved and we can hope, but don't worry, the ship's going to keep going and we're going to be still sitting here on a Tuesday uh, talking nonsense about wrestling. So... Fingers crossed, everything works out and we'll see where we are come Friday.
2: So Billy's Garages is no interested then, no?
1: Do you know what? I have to put a shout out as well to um, a guy called, let me just get the details up here. A big shout out to a guy called Jamie Cares and I hope Jamie's listening. I sent him an email back. He got in touch with us saying, after listening to this week's uh, Wrestling Podcast, I thought it was about time to start advertising my business. This is great. I make shipping crates and pallets to get sent all over the world. <laughs> Who does that perfectly fit in with that is on the podcast? <laughs> I'm Mr. Rab Frons. So I said, Jamie, that is perfect. You know, Rab Fron's talking about um, uh, pallets is the most ideal thing you can get. So, um, fingers crossed that comes
3: See over. See if we and can get uh, Tony Macaroni in so that Gredo can take the, the mac and cheese side of it. You're absolutely.
1: Sorted. Absolutely. Listen, we, we're not fussed. You If you've got a business, get in touch with me. Um, you can get in touch with me on my email, john at thisisaudiofrontier.com. So please get in touch. As um, mentioned a bit earlier on, from intro to Gary, however, we'll move on to the show now. That's enough begging and pleading done with you guys already. Gary has been, if you've not seen on uh, Twitter or read any of the dirt sheets or anything this week, Gary has been all over them because of his amazing detective skills. Alex, have you seen this?
2: I, I don't think it has. This a positive Gary Twitter story rather than negativity <laughs> you've been getting the last couple of weeks.
1: <laughs> yes, this is a positive. Gary, please explain how you were able to identify that Sasha Banks would indeed, and this is a spoiler alert, become... Raw Women's Champion on last night's Raw. So, so there was a wee bit, of, you know, um,
3: a wee bit of confusion over whether this actually was the way, but it turned out that it was correct. So, essentially, what happened was um, Sasha Banks herself put up a photo on her Twitter last week, um, just after the Raw and SmackDown tapings, which. Last week, Raw was taped two episodes on the Monday, which was last week's Raw and this week's Raw. And then on the Tuesday, they taped two weeks of SmackDown, last week's SmackDown, and this week's SmackDown. So it only really occurred to me when this photo went up because of the timing, because Sasha Banks was wearing the exact same outfit that she was wearing on SmackDown, which I only noticed this because it's a lime green, kind of I don't think it was leopard print, but it was some kind of animal print. Lime mal- Lagra thing. <laughs> it it was like one of the most, you know, standoutish kind of outfits anyone could ever wear. And for some reason I was just like, something looks a bit different with those side plates on that title because the side plates that were on it were Asuka's side plates, which are black and they just say Asuka and they've got like a kind of outliner mask. But these ones stood out because they're red, because Sasha Banks' side plates are red, right? is this the kind of thing where they're gonna swerve as all and she's using a replica title which I think they would have made more of a point of making the side plates visible if that was the case I'm like I've got a feeling that Sasha Banks wins the Raw Women's Championship on Monday and the reason that this photo shoot has happened is it, you know she was wearing last week's Smackdown outfit they've probably done the photo shoot before they've recorded this week's SmackDown, because that's when they would would have changed the title plates, the side plates. Um, So yeah, zoomed in, seen that the the side plates were different. Had a wee look at SmackDown, I was like, no, it's definitely the Asuka side plates on SmackDown, so it's not a storyline thing where they've changed the side plates to mock Asuka. um, Put it up. It was, you know, 50-50 with the replies. Either I was an arsehole for spoiling the main event or I was a complete fraud and that just wasn't the way it was going to play out. Um, which is kind of what you get on Twitter anyway. Both of those responses kind of sum up what Twitter is. But yeah, I'm sitting last night and watching the match and I'm going, nah, I've got a feeling they've done me here. I've got a feeling that they're actually going to just keep the title on Asuka. And of course they did. The um, Sasha won, so it looks like that may be the case. The only way to find out now is if we watch SmackDown, um, which I know everybody does because we all love SmackDown. Um, if we watch SmackDown and see Sasha Banks with a title with the Sasha side plates on it, or if WWE.com release those images that feature the one she put up, then yeah, um, they've yet again kind of half spoiled their own, you know, their own title thing, uh, title change, and I'm going have they maybe learned a lesson for the SORAV thing where everyone tuned in to see that because of the spoiler and went, wait a minute, let's have Sasha kind of incidentally leak the result. Who knows? But either way, it was uh, really interesting and, aye, fun.
2: <laughs> Can we change the intro music for the news now to just Inspector Gadget? In fact,
1: yeah, absolutely. Inspector, <laughs> <laughs> Inspector Gary. At least for <laughs> this week,
2: please. I'm gutted I didn't keep my
3: moustache, so I could have been like Poirot. Uh, that would have been a lot better,
1: but sadly not. I have to say, that's sterling detective work, Gary. If there's a Aye. man that's going to spot that, it's definitely... Uh, <laughs> I'm uh, you know, hanging
3: up the journalism, uh, whatever it is, notepad now, I guess. I'll hang that up and become a detective.
1: Now, this week we advertised that Enzo would be on the show, because you cut with Enzo last week. We're still waiting on queerness on that interview, <laughs> because there's some stuff in there that... Probably your employers wouldn't like, but I don't think our listeners wouldn't mind in that interview. Um, But um, we've not got Enzo this week, hopefully next week. However, who have we got on the show this week? So yeah, um, a little bit of a shorter interview.
3: The main reason for the Enzo one is it's 50 minutes long. There's a lot in there that's probably going to be getting cut out. Um, But... I mean, I mentioned it last week. We were talking a lot about Impact, Slammiversary. I love Impact right now. I'm nearly as big on Impact as Grado is right now. Uh, That's how much I am behind the the success of this company. And who better to speak to immediately after Slammiversary than the guy that's the world champion. Um, So on the main wrestling daft, I think, what, three or four weeks ago, Sammy Callahan was on the show. This is the man who Sammy Callahan broke his face in 2018 the famous incident with a baseball bat and the chair that ended up smashing this guy's nose and face to smithereens. Two years later, he's the Impact World Champion, you know, a pretty big acclaim to have that title at a time when there's so much buzz about Impact. So I spoke to him about a load of things, but namely the new signings that Impact have brought in. And yeah, absolutely brilliant. Um, I've I've said that I love Impact right now. This guy was just a shining example. i you know, why he is the champion, why Impact are doing good things, why everybody wants to be there. Just very positive about the company overall. And yeah,
1: his name begins with an E, so it's not that far away for Enzo. So, Eddie Edwards on the show a bit later on. I'm going to see what Gary had to say when he caught up with him. Um, so, we'll have that on later on. Uh, this week, as over all the latest views, reviews, and news. And it's the welcome return of Fancy Booking Island this Big Alex is back. So, Big Alex, what will we be booking?
2: you'll be booking a certain Graham Stevely in TNA.
1: Interesting. Interesting. And it's a feature that's over like Rover, as they say in the business. And he's back to give it to us. He's, we're going to once again return to the Jojo as we turn Japanese with a look at NJPW with ba- Big Alex. It was, there was letters on complaint last week, Alex, because it wasn't on. So... You're on it later on. Uh, we'll be buying and putting with all the stuff from the shows this week. But first, it's time to cut a promo. I have a lot of things I want to get off my chest. So hand me the mic. Once again, it's time to cut a promo. Now, I would cut a promo on the people were out there that listen that haven't signed up for wrestling daft Patreon yet you can do that patreon.com forward slash wrestling daft four dollars a month keep ravin Grado on the show that would be wonderful but i'm not going to cut a promo on you guys because you guys listen to the show and we love you anyway even if you aren't a patron but we'd love you a bit more if you were a patron anyway what i would like to cut a promo on this week is the bits at the bottom of the cornflake box <laughs> right now, I've went through all my life, I enjoy a bowl of cornflakes, you know, it's quite, it's a, it's a good good snack, a good bit of refreshing snack, cornflakes, a bit of nice cold milk, but every time you get to the bottom of the cornflakes box, it's that horrible crumbly bit, you know what I mean? That really little bits of broken up cornflake, and the last bowl of the cornflakes is just hell. It's the worst thing on this world, is the last bowl of cornflakes, right? So I don't know what the way around it is to sort this situation, this problem. But then the annoying thing is, once you've had the cornflakes, it's, you know, when you've done the milk to cornflake ratio a bit wrong, and then it's all a little bit crumbly, but it's just at the bottom of the bowl, and you, you, you can't get, and it goes in the dishwasher, and just messes it up, and it's hard to get off the bowl. So I would just like to cut a promo on the last bowl of cornflakes. And while I'm on it as well, Weetabix. Fucking hate Weetabix. My children eat Weetabix, right? But see, like, you have take out a wheat of bits, but then just crumbles. There's all the little crumbly bits as well in that. And then it just makes a mess everywhere. So It's
3: completely against the cereal sawdust. Can, can cereal I
1: just sawdust. Point out That's it. That is it. Horrible, horrible stuff. So
2: John, you need you need to tackle the end of your cereal boxes like you tackle the end of a bag of crisps. I what, you just just you tap down. it up and you just tap, 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 tap and you just tap
1: but it into it. You don't have milk with it then, Alex. So What's the point? it's oh, quite nice. It's a little CEO bit. Cereal like, needs you to come with milk. Ah, that's nonsense. You're just not drink, one, you you put your milk, one of these people. Just do it yourself. Oh, on a a a that's a nice little a monthly Let's treat. Turn a promo right around the year. You're not one of these people that gets a bowl of cereal and eats it dry, are you? No, but I will. I will occasionally. That's heel. I'm not that's overly. Heel work, so bad, Alex.
2: Will stick my hand into a cereal bag and eat what comes out of it.
1: That's that's the work of a heel. That is the work of a pure heal. That's why they they
3: banned having toys in cereal boxes for people that have done that. Exactly,
1: exactly. You you (laughs) are to blame for children these days not getting toys and cereals. You're kind of people, Alex. You're kind of people. You heal. You heal. Anyway, so say no to the last bowl of conflict. Say no to Wheatabix in general and cereal makers of the world, get it sorted. (laughs) So we take a look back at the big wrestling shows, you know, your NXTs, your AEW Dynamites, your Raws, and of course your Smackdowns. And to review the Smackdown, we always like to invite one of our patrons onto the show. And this week is no different, as we welcome to Wrestling the Marks, Darren. How you doing, Darren?
4: I'm alright, how are you staying? Thank Thanks for having be- me. Good.
1: Yeah, thanks for coming on. Um, And a big thank you. You are one of our new patrons that has just signed up. So, brilliant. Thanks. Nice to have you on board. are you listening to Wrestling Daft for a while?
4: Yeah, from from the start, I've always, like, as soon as it was, like, advertised, I was just like, oh. So I started listening to that. So I've I've been listening to it every week since it started. (laughs) Brilliant. Uh, When did you get into wrestling? We always like to find out our uh, patrons' uh, wrestling
1: credentials.
4: As as long as I remember, I, I didn't shut up about it. <laughs>
1: right. So, what are you an attitude eater guy? You're kind of a ruthless aggression kind of era guy, or where do you go?
4: Uh, earliest me- memories are uh, attitude Era mainly. That's when I was like beginning to get hooked.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. Have, you, have you ever, uh, in terms of your wrestling credentials, have you been in a ring? Have you met a wrestler? Have you got anything
4: of um, like that? Met a couple of like uh, local shows, like just uh, yeah around, so like uh, local shows, just met a couple of wrestlers, not being in a ring, but aye. <laughs> Looks You're... like it hurts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, that
3: makes four of us, I don't think <laughs> exactly. <anything> anyway.
1: <laughs> exactly, exactly. We'll take that as credentials anyway. Uh, so welcome to the show, you know how this works, we basically do one or two buddies if you want to put in the GLS, the generally stipulation, you can choose to do one buddy, um, two put-overs, and then just match of the night. So as ever, let's go over to Wednesday night and start off with Big Alex and his look at AEW.
2: Well, this week we had some very interesting choices of footwear from uh, Ricky Starks and Darby Allen, and FTR demonstrated why Polisteen cool boxes are maybe not a particularly good idea. <laughs> so the first thing I'm going to put over from the show is the opening of the show. Now, I was going to straight it over Eddie Kingston, but that's a little, little bit unfair to Cody. Now, I mean, Kingston came out. He looked great. They cut a vicious promo. There was a cool little bit of logic about how he asked Tony Khan if he could make it a no DQ match. And since it was an open challenge, to- to- ugh, Tony? Cody had to accept. And we all got all kinds of things like the thumbtacks and everything thrown down. Like, this whole um, TNT Open Challenge, a little bit... At the beginning, I was a little bit like, oh, this is just John Cena from the SmackDown US Open Challenge years ago. But Cody's, like, putting the work in to make this TNT title like the workers' title. And it's really starting to become, like, a total highlight of the show week in, week out. So you got to give Cody his cred.
1: I, I like... I mean, I love that, how Eddie Kingston came out. of over for it. that was, you know... Using, yeah. using indie guys on it, I think, is a great way of doing that, you know, I mean, who else could they use, like, who's hot in the Warhorse is there this week, because they've got Warhorse versus Workhorse. Oh, uh, really?
0: really? Yeah.
3: But, I, but that's my favourite thing about that, uh, the Cody-Eddie Kingston thing, I'm like, obviously it'll be good in the ring, but I'm like, I don't think you can imagine two folk better on the mic to go against one another either, I thought that was, like, my favourite thing about it, I'm going, they're two of the best people for
2: cutting promos in the world right now. The, yeah. the silver the silver spoon stick at the start, like, you don't yeah. know hardship, Cody, you got it all handed to you, was, yeah, it's just absolutely on the money, isn't it? Like, it's, it was spot on, really. But we have to jump into the berries now. Now, I don't want to bury the actual match, I want to bury the production around it, and I'll tell you why. So, this is Ivelisse versus Diamante, the Puerto Rican yeah. uh, female wrestlers who, this is our first week being introduced to them. I think they've maybe wrestled on Dark a couple of times, I'm not 100% sure, but... They did a terrible job of getting them over from a production standpoint. First of all, you had Big Swole doing a promo in the middle of their match, just kind of flicked up on the screen. That's a terrible way to just devalue talent straight from the start. And Excalibur, being Excalibur, always tries to give you a little bit of backstory. So now he was kind of talking about how these two have like a history because they've got quite a similar gimmick. They've both got that kind of gangster-esque Puerto Rican style. And so this made me think that with the upcoming tag team tournament, surely this is building towards these two kind of like a bit of a handshake at the end and these two kind of becoming a team make a lot of sense right yeah but they kind of started having this little bit of dialogue at the end and then just cut to a break so there was nothing so i'm not sure if that was a fuck up or if that was me just hoping for too much out of that segment but it just felt a little bit
1: weak Okay, I agree. For I thought when I saw both their gimmicks, I mean, when it was getting billed as well, it's like they both had the bandana over their face. They both had you know, this, the Hispanic kind of thing. And they're both Puerto their, Rican, I believe. And they're both Puerto Rican. So, hmm. I mean, it's like, it just seemed a bit strange to put them both in in a kind of big debut match and in against each other, you know? It's more God, the
2: big but, swole promo over the top that really got me, though.
1: Hmm. Something uh, funny about Lee's The
3: last time I saw her wrestle before last night was earlier this year in the Govan Fairfield Bowling Club on a, the same show as Ravey Davy. <laughs> nice.
1: That's incredible. Who was running the show? Uh, Source Wrestling. Yeah, cool. All right, nice one. Nice one. <laughs> From the Govan <laughs> Bowling Club to the <laughs> AEW Arena at Daly's Place. Wow. There you go. Uh, so are you going to go for one body or two buddies, I'm Alex? only going to go one body. Wow. Now we've
2: talked about all the wrestling stuff. I can talk about all this stupid shit. <laughs> so I want to put over the wee ginger guy from the Lance Archer segment. Now if you didn't see it, it's a great <laughs> wee... <laughs> It was a great wee segment with like Jake started talking to Alex Marvez about who Lance was pissed off and he was like show him how pissed off you are, Lance. So Lance goes in the locker room, starts chucking people about. But this wee ginger guy, right? If you notice, when he goes for that first bump, it looks like he totally pussies out and he just completely this kind of it's a total weak bump, but then he gets put through the roof, he then gets thrown into like Bench, and then he gets dumped in the bin, and it was just like, well done, well done. I'm asking why you were so hesitant for that. I first don't know how
1: he managed you to fit in cup. the bin. It was incredible how his kind of body contorted and fitted crumbled. into the bin. <laughs> like, yeah. It was amazing.
2: Oh, it was fantastic! It was fantastic. And moving on to match of the night now, as I'm pretty sure you can all guess what my match of the night was by what I've got on as my background. And they're doing just a fantastic job of these. The best way I can describe them is Vince Russo crash TV segments done right. (laughs) So (laughs) the false guy, they were a match between the Young Bucks and the Butcher and the Blade. I didn't realize the Bucks apparently have the power to just go into the kitchen and start the match. So you had Butcher and Blade just chilling out, cutting up their steaks. Butcher was wearing this apron while he was shirtless, and he maintained wearing the apron for about 75% of the match. It was true dedication. There was a couple of rough looking table spots where things didn't break. Nick Jackson got thrown into a door that had a picture of Nick Jackson on it, which I thought was a great little meme moment. And they ended up pulling it back to the ring. So it was very much like a reverse Falls Count Anywhere match in a way, which I thought was quite cool. Yeah. And then they had like both the Bucks coming off the stage to put Butcher and Blade through two tables. So it was a really nice little match, like almost as good as Stadium in the same kind of vibe as they had when they did the street fight with... Um, was it The Elite? No, it was Omega and Matt Hardy versus oh, aye, aye. Uh, yeah, Sex Gods. But, I didn't
1: like the spot where they threw the steak at each other. I thought, what damage is a bit of meat getting thrown at your face? And then they did a replay of that. I was just like, that was a bit rubbish.
2: Yeah, that was a bit silly. It was a bit silly. But right, before, before I sign off on AEW for the week, I've got a bit of a bonus question for you all. Yeah. Is it too early to bring back Sammy Guevara?
3: I'm not sure. I thought. I, I think it's okay. The only thing is... I'm not sure if I remember this or made it up in my mind that the suspension was meant to be 30 days. So it was 30 days after, you know, the show aired, but it was recorded before the 30 days. So my thing is, did they get paid for that appearance or did these pay for that appearance get donated? I, was it, was it a 30 days?
1: I thought it was just a case. I think of it course. was indefinite. Yeah, I right, don't think it was 30 days. I I, you had to yeah. go these courses and, you yeah, know...
2: I right. hope they've got like written permission from Sasha Banks to say it's okay for him to go back on the television or
1: something like that. <laughs> to, to be fair, <laughs> Sasha Banks did come out after it and say he needs to um, to be fair back Sammy on it. So Aye. Um, and the
2: spot was brilliant
3: as well. I loved it with the kind of serpenticle mask. Um and I don't yeah. know if you've seen, but apparently they had to go and run to a local hardware store to get paint and like paint that themselves beforehand, the red on the mask. Oh uh, really? I kind it was one of the makeup folk that put it up on Twitter. But apparently they had to paint that and like kind of blow-dry it right before they'd started recording the show. But, oh, that's
1: pretty cool. Nah, nice one, nice one. No, no, was, I don't know. I don't know. I think he's a stupid wee boy. I, I think that's what you've just got to put down. When we're all kids, we say stupid things. He's just got a bit of grown-up to do, and he's, you know, hopefully learnt from that and will be a little bit more sensible going forward. Um, mm-hmm. Right, okay, let's move on to NXT then. The first thing we've got to put over, once again, th- th- I put them over every time. What do you think it's going to be? It Free's could angle. be a couple. Of, aye. I was going to say short. I mean, angle. Oh, that's a dressed, angle, there we go. Dressed as the Mounties. Amazing. <laughs> Coming out to the mounty theme Lots of innuendos and commentary from Beth about beavers. Um, you know, the Mountie Dive with the hat. Oh, it was just so good. I, I, I mean, they're just brilliant, Breeze Angle. And they're good on the ring and they're entertaining. I mean, I love the gimmick. I love the gimmick. So, Breeze Angle, fan bloody tastic. On to buddy. No one should ever relinquish a title. Now, I, I, I get they built the story behind it. They built this kind of story of, like, he wants to give people a chance and everyone should get a chance at a title, but you should always fight for a title, for me. That should be the – you know, when you've got two titles, God almighty, you know, it's like, you know, having him defend both titles and kind of – that had a lot of intrigue for me, you know. He values the North American. Exactly. It's like, you know, I'm going to keep the NXT, but, you know – put the, the north american in i also the don't
2: bin. know where they what they're going to do with the north american on that card where is there going to be space for it I in a two-hour weekly show they've now got hundreds of titles she's throwing the mix the female tag into that as well like it's,
1: it's a lot. Yeah, well female tags hardly to get defended anyway but um i'm yeah. kind of the opposite I, I like
3: the relinquish because i hate when people hold two titles because i'm like man it's the case i have somebody pins them for the north american title it's like well, why would the match not have originally been for the bigger title I get, anyway? Yeah, I, I, I so, I but I, I just—I think they book himself into a corner by making the match in the first place. I know it was for the moment, but
1: yeah, uh, yeah really. that, I know. I do like, however, the, they've obviously done the, the triple threat, which usually is going to be a tournament, isn't it? It's usually settled in a tournament. So, this whole triple threat where everyone's kind of involved in it, and I mean, Bronson Reeds went over, which was like, what? Bronson Reeds just went over Gargano.
3: That was the one I had a feeling That's of because I I'm going, gone. I think Villa two or two, you know, they're yep. so big that they can actually give Bronson read the rub there. And yeah. I've mentioned it a few times on this, the, the post-takeover... In your house, call the three guys that Triple H was talking about was Bronson, Damien Priest, and Cameron Grimes. So I've got a feeling that those three are going to get major pushes. Well, I the think next, that's Gary
2: putting All three of them are going to be in this ladder match. <laughs> yeah, and I wouldn't we'll be, be surprised. That. Yeah, it only needs fifty percent more.
1: Like. We'll, we'll wait and see. <laughs> right. Okay. Moving on. I'm we just got. I'm we, i have to do our quick buddy. And I hate to do it. I hate to do it. I oh, will have to do something to short. say. we have to. Oh, do no, oh, no. 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 <laughs> what the hell is our new catchphrase about? Welcome to the ball pit.
2: I don't know, it's as if they wanted to give her like a family-friendly catchphrase. Because she was
1: the, the
3: ballsy badass before, and I don't think that's PG enough for them. So I guess it's some... But, I, but scrap that all together. I'll, I'll kind of back you there as much as I love shots. Get, it,
1: get that in the bin. Get it. If you're going to do a catchphrase, welcome, welcome to the tank world or something like that, you know? No, as keep welcome this, to man, the ball pit. Uh, yeah, hey, Welcome to that. the <laughs> tank world is the alternative. Somebody, somebody do our tanks, you know. Keep it in character. So welcome to the ball pit goes in the bin for me. Uh, and another putover, um, I loved the I don't know if you saw the ending of it, the whole Dijakovic, um Keith Lee comes down to saved save Dai and Dijakovic was it was like a it was like a movie. It's like no Keith, no, just stay there, no. I loved all that kind of whole sacrifice thing from Dijakovic. I'm the
2: opposite, I hated it. I, yeah, it was, I thought it I just nice. made Dominic Dijakovic look rubbish. I, I thought it He was just nice. sat there not defending against Karrion Cross.
1: Passing out just so
2: he could have an emotional moment with Keatly.
1: He got done it bloody hell, he got done in for do you see he got his head stomped in between the ring and the blinking stairs? That's what set it all up. So the whole thing should I know, I've got that. Uh, yeah, I, I realised that, but
2: I just think it was just
4: nah. Nah. <laughs>
2: nah. nah, it was unnecessary.
4: Nah.
1: All right. So then. what
2: have they just killed and now is carrying Cross Adam Cole dead? They've just killed that?
3: I just don't know him straight onto Keithley. Oh, yeah, because Adam Cole's with Pat McAfee now. He's moving on to bigger things. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we'll get on to that when we get to the news a bit later on. Um, And, yeah, match of the night. Oh, what am I going to go for? What we I gonna go for? I think I've got to go for... I loved Shotzi Alia. I, I really enjoyed it. I really, really enjoyed it as a match. It was really enjoyable, and Shotzi's just great. And run Robbie, down for Shotzi,
2: but you've got her one back up again by giving her match of the night. Yeah, it's
1: like a small apology. just Yeah, I, I, exactly. And uh, Robbie's great, and that whole... Um, the angle with Mercedes and that growing in the stable. I love I would really like to see him have a big stable and uh, down there. And you know, whether Kelly and Dane joins that or not will be interesting to see. So, yeah, great put over that as match of the night. Okay, uh, Dan, let's move on to you and SmackDown. Not
4: gonna lie, I've not seen it in a while. I actually really liked it. It was actually pretty good. It's
1: okay. You, you don't have to be worried about that. With, <laughs> this is a recurring theme. Over the <laughs> last couple weeks, theme. we've all went. It's actually getting a lot better. It's all right. Maybe one of us will start
4: it's, doing SmackDown. It's actually getting pretty good. I, I, I was struggling to decide what to put over what to bury. Like I just, I, I'm going to continue to keep putting over Sasha and Bailey. Like yeah. they have just been absolutely amazing heels. Absolute balance. Like just. <laughs> They're great. They're great at it. It's actually just you know what? Well done. for has been so Bailey's just been a revelation as
2: a heel. Like I was so worried it was gonna go so wrong, but it's been very, very
0: good.
4: Yes. Yeah. I was, yeah. I wasn't sure about her at first when she turned heel, but she, actually it's, it's great. The word bell end, it's you know, Is it if you can't describe <laughs> as a heel as a
1: bell end, you're doing something wrong as a heel, every heel should be a bell end.
4: Every good heel's a bell end.
1: Exactly. That's the cat Then you get that on a t-shirt. Get that on a t-shirt. Every good heel is a bell end. You guys taking that? Thank you, Darren. <laughs> the
4: only thing I was confused about is like how she just managed, like, just decided to put Nikki and Alexa and a match together. Like, I, I don't know. Yeah. I, was, I was confused about how she just like right, use her fighting, go in and it was like what? No. And yeah, how Bailey can just decide <laughs> to be a referee you
1: know who's given these two all this power i think we need to bring commissioners back in here boys of, you know <laughs> i think it's time for more authority figures exactly. to come back in can we just have william regal across all three brands that would be but never smiley yeah. because
2: that little smiley promo we did the other week was creepy
1: yeah
4: <laughs> yeah definitely
1: so is that your buddy is that your buddy
4: darren no actually um as a few like i mean this has been by before but the whole Seamus and Jeff Hardy just storyline. <laughs> <no>. Yep. <laughs> Gary, Cass- Gary Cassidy is not a fan of this. No. That's surely it come to an end, though. It, it should. Like, this should be, like, the end of it. Because, like, like, the match was all right. I, I actually kind of liked the match. It was it's weird, wacky, and just... Just strange. But, like, the storyline just... Because, like, it's actually stuff happening in Jeff's life in real life. Like, it's just needed bringing it into a storyline. Like,
2: uh.
3: I think we're getting one more match, sadly. I think they are going to do the face-painted Jeff against Sheamus
2: in uh. SummerSlam. Uh, oh, is this the, the whole... I, they got, I like, the demon... Not. They're going to do, like, a little thing with Jeff's face paint that you can beat Jeff without his face paint, but can you beat Jeff?
3: Uh, they, <laughs> they've no, done no. A, really cool, uh, a really cool spot, which, you know, I, I wasn't a massive on that match, but I loved the one spot where they had... a. Uh, Sheamus, I think Seamus placed his hat on Jeff's face and then that was a game over, and then the hat came off the face and Jeff suddenly had the face paint on. And I was like, Oh, I like that. It's, it's so cheesy, but I love it.
4: <laughs> I I love that bit. And just I will just share weird Jeff Hardiness. Like I just I really liked how he just like at the beginning they're having like their wee random talk at the start and I was like when he started like saying that he was a windy and stuff like that, I was like, I'm that window I'm that table I'm this bar I was like what? <laughs> Jeff Hardy's a windy <laughs> uh, you know I just thought it's, it's so random but I just I thought that was quite amusing what's your over then mate? Uh, Nikki Nikki Cross in the Alexa Bliss's match I loved
3: yeah.
4: it yeah I just uh, love Nikki and like she just went for her in this match absolutely loved it do you think Nikki's going to turn heel or do you think it'll be Alexa that turns heel? Mm. I think it will be Alexa who turns heel. Mm. Because I know, like, uh, as soon as this match was announced, like, Nicky was just like, yes, pushed Alexa over. And was just like, yeah, come on then. But then they saw her made up at the end. But, like, I think Alexa will turn heel against Nicky Cross. Mm,
1: I don't know. I think I'd like to see it go the other way. Alexa is always better as a heel, in my opinion, because she's just so, like, pretentious and what have you. Yeah, so so is that your match tonight, Dan? Oh, that's my match of the night. Nice one. Nice one. Right, thank you very much for that. Um, Gary, let's move on. Spoiler alert if you haven't seen Raw yet, but here comes Gary with all the news on Raw. I never thought I'd see the day. I don't think I've ever put over this person
3: before. I hopefully will again, but I never thought I'd see the day that I'd be doing it. Dominic Mysterio. Absolutely Whoa. brilliant. Absolutely amazing. Uh, you know, I think that kind of angle, you know, the promos he's been cutting, I'm like, Mm, they're not amazing, but the guys learning in front of the world, you know, it's kind of difficult when you're somebody that has just started, I think he's been training for a long time, but just started kind of properly looking at having your first match, not an actual match or anything yet. But man, last night, obviously mixed opinions on the eye for an eye match, which we discussed last week, but they're continuing with the story. Mm -hmm. So I guess you just need to go with it. They had it last night where... Um, and I was going to bury this wee thing, but I'm not going to. But they had Humberto not turn up and help save Alistair Black for getting his eye taken out, seemingly. Um, and then be in a match with one of them later anyway, so he was obviously in the building. But that segment, my, my one put over, Dominic, uh, they'd done a thing where he ended up just swinging at everybody with a kendo stick. And it was just aggression, intensity, energy. The guy was brilliant. It had me watching, and I'm like... Man, that was the one time that I was like, "I'm putting my phone down. I need to see the rest of this segment." If there was a crowd there, he would have had the full crowd behind him. Absolutely amazing. Um, but from Not that, a long segment, way since
2: he was just a prize on a ladder, really, isn't he?
3: Oh man! <laughs> well, it's even if you look at his Twitter, like they've started tagging him on Twitter on uh, on the WWE Twitter account, and his tag, or sorry, he's pinned post is him hitting a dropkick. And it's one of the best drop kicks I've ever seen. His frog splash is good as well. Aye, and he, he done a 6-1-9, the, the double one with Ray against Brock, and it was brilliant as well. Yeah, so, yeah. I, Dominic. I'm really excited to see him in the ring. I think we're heading for uh, Dominic and Ray against um, Seth Rollins and Murphy. I think that's definitely the way we're going. SummerSlam. Aye, I think that's definitely yeah. the way it's going to go. But I've got a bit for that segment that isn't about Humberto Carrillo. Right. It kind of hops back to the one thing, bar fight, the camera work. Oh, man. It's like, the, how much shaking would you like? Yes. It's like just pure shaky camera work, and it's like, oh, it's not necessary. They do it all the time with the like, cutting. I think they had one person recorded it on SmackDown where there was like 64 cuts in a minute. And it's like, that's more than one every second. And it was the same for this. It was just really shaky camera, camera work. It was really horrendous. Um, and I'm going for two biddies this week, so apologies. But the full Nia Jax, Shayna Baszler segment, they booked the two of them into a match. The match did get started. You know, they had the bit before it. Well, I like the continuity. Nia Jax was complaining at John Cone backstage because he'd done the fast count a few weeks ago from when she was last there and stuff. But they had them immediately start brawling, fight out of the ring. And I'm going, right, I don't mind this because I don't think every match has to be a five-star classic. I like when stuff looks a bit messy and looks a bit real. Um, so that was good. But it ended up just descending into a double count out. And then they had them beat up a load of indie wrestlers, just the two of them beating up indie wrestlers, one of which I found out was WWE producer Pat Buck um, randomly getting, the the commentators are going, oh, there's a WWE official in the ring, I'm going, well, if this guy is wearing a suit, and he looks like the head of security, you should at least know his name or make up a kayfabe name for him. Uh, so that bit was horrendous. The full segment was horrendous. It was just bad. Uh, I like both talents, so I don't like burying them, but I'm burying them. Um,
1: Naya, Sh- Naya Shaina, I can't see that working. I can't see... Both are too heelish. Uh, oh, as well, Styles are just... I think it's a bit... Poster heels. I mean, you know how I feel about heel versus heel. But, um... Yeah, I just... John the Booker comes in with this mighty logic over the top. I know, but it's just, it sounds horrible to me. (laughs) Shayna versus uh, Naya sounds horrible.
3: I don't mind that sometimes they teased it a few weeks ago, and obviously it's not going to happen now because they are the new number one contenders, but um, Andrade, Angel Garza, they teased them splitting, and for some reason the heel versus heel dynamics seemed pretty interesting with them, but Shayna and it just doesn't... Doesn't really work. They kinda they done a proper rush job with it last night. Yeah, again, the same thing I say every week, multiple rewrites happened and that's why the, the Drew Orton uh, Drew um Ziggler match ended up being non non title for some reason. Um but I this was apparently a late edition and
2: yeah. Right. So you um, know, we're speaking of Andrade, can I make a quite small request? Can we like combine Zelina Vegas faction with Legande del Fantasma? Oh, and can we have like an Uber faction across the Oh that would court? be good. Uh, that would that be better? good.
3: Yeah,
2: let's have that.
3: I'm all for that. Book that. Um, Other put over. I think this is an obvious one. We've been talking about it for weeks. I knew I was going to love this the second they pulled the trigger on it. Drew McIntyre versus Randy Orton. It's just that, I mean, everything they done last night about it was fantastic. I wouldn't have minded if they had Randy Orton at the start of the show say, You'll find it by the end of the night, but we've all known it was going to hit Drew with an RKO anyway. It would have still been really effective. But aye, the, the promos those two are going to have each other, and I keep saying it, but if you want the biggest face in the company versus the biggest heel in the company, I don't think you can look much further than those two, and it's going to be a brilliant SummerSlam main event.
1: Wait, what will you see that though if Drew drops the belt? Aye, I don't mind it. I think
3: that I think it would possibly be a, a quite a good idea. I mentioned this, uh, you know, I think we done the the show we rap uh, and it was the when Bobby Lashley was challenging him. Now, God, I like, oh, wouldn't he mind it because Rab was saying that, well, if he, if he loses a title, it means he can win it back in front of a crowd. And mm-hmm. Randy Orton, man, Randy Orton could beat Ric Flair on John Cena's record. I don't think we can write off another three wins. I think he needs three, maybe four, mm-hmm. another three or four title wins before the end of his career. So I wouldn't mind it. I really wouldn't mind it. And then have Drew beat Randy Orton. I keep mentioning this thing that Drew McIntyre said to another one of the Sportskeeda guys, he said, uh, Randy Orton is my joker, and I think he was trying to set up a long term rivalry there. You know, the media to start be, uh, talking about a long term rivalry, so I really don't mind that. I can't
2: wait
1: for that match. Yeah, Drew and Chase would be good, though. Drew and the Chase, I think, would be well, like Think about
2: it as well. Drew and Randy could define the product for the next three to five years the same way Cena and Randy did five years ago. Yeah, definitely. Yeah.
1: definitely. Oh, interesting. Interesting. Uh,
3: match tonight, night, Gary? This is gonna be a controversial one because I already tweeted about this and go Hunter's the abuse. sort <laughs> 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 no, no change there then, Gary. No. <laughs> the the Sasha Banks versus Asuka match. The ending a lot of people didn't like, but I don't think a bad ending can take away for that match because the match was brilliant. It was about a half an hour long match. Just hunters and hunters I shifting dynamics, you know, reversals and everything. I thought it was brilliant. The match, I, I don't care if the ending was a bit rubbish. The match was brilliant. So it's all good for me. Can you tell me what
1: the ending is? I don't want to spoil it for yeah, people. Yeah, yeah.
3: How the uh, And I also think there's going to be a wee bit of uh, fugazi about this as well. So what happened, you know, they had a big 30-minute classic. Hunters are uh, back and forth, submission moves. But then on the screen, so the match started with Kyrie Sane chasing Bailey out of the arena. Because obviously it was a no... Um, Kind of title can change on a disqualification or on an interference. But at the end, the screen pops up and it's got Bailey just beating down Kyrie Sane backstage, rammed her head into a shutter and all this stuff, looking pretty brutal. And then uh, Asuka is essentially getting up her hand on Sasha Banks, but paying more attention to the screen. And then she's got a decision to make. So she is injured anyway. There was an amazing spot where the referee got to a nine and a half count and Asuka was outside. She slid back in. Sasha Banks has gone and saying, You think that's the end? But she decided, ended up hobbling, limping backstage, and you knew that that was it. The one kind of fugazi bit that might end in a rematch was that Sasha Banks was actually lying on the ground for the 10 count in the middle of the ring. So I think we might end up with Asuka saying, look, I might have get counted out, but she also get counted down. Maybe we need a third match to settle it. But I didn't mind at the end. And a lot of people are always like, if you don't get a clean finish, it's a bad match. I don't I don't believe in that. Yeah, I no.
1: No, that's good Cool, well, I look forward to watching that Um, Darren, thank you very much for uh, joining us on Wrestling Daft And signing up to the Patreon
4: Thank you,
1: thanks for having me on No worries, we'll hopefully get you on another time Um, And remember, if you want to buddy or put over anything from the shows Get in touch with us You can do that, of course, at Wrestling Daft on Twitter On Instagram, Wrestling Daft Podcast Or just Wrestling Daft on Facebook <laughs> It's that time in the show where we head to the land of the rising sun and we bow towards Big Alex and we enter his dojo as he tells us all about New Japan Pro Wrestling, a feature we like to call Turning Japanese. What's been happening in the Japanese wrestling, Alex?
2: Well, we've had a bit of a major announcement. So we've got news of the first kind of big show with people, proper people, post-corona. So we'd normally be coming around to just the beginning of G1 season. But New Japan management took the executive decision to push the G1 back slightly later because we should be having the Tokyo Olympics just now. Right. Good idea by their part. So it's still rescheduled for, they haven't announced the date, but they've pushed it back about a month or two, essentially. And I think they'll keep it in that segment for next year for postponed um, Olympics. So in the meantime, they've been running like a substitute tour called Summer Struggle. Now, so far there's the the thing I really like about all most of the New Japan tours is that they're all kind of tournament based and there's a prize at the end of it This is I think just a little bit more of an interim tour just to get fans into the gate and to produce some content So there's not really anything on the line But what they have done is announced the special at the end of the tour where they will be going to
4: Jingyu
2: They're planning to do full fans and this is only in about a month so I'm, I'm not sure if this is going to be too early to try and have that many people in the middle of the pandemic, but time will tell. If a country can do it, it will probably be Japan.
1: Will it be social distancing, or will it just be full-on, everybody else? This is,
2: they're going full-on. Yeah. Really? So they're They're apparently doing full-ticket sales, so I'm intrigued. I think the Japanese government is starting baseball a couple of weeks before that, so yeah, it'll be interesting to see how it works out. But if anyone can do it, as I said, the Japanese are probably the ones who could. Yeah. I wouldn't want to go to a show like that in America right now, let's no, be honest.
4: No, 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 no.
2: But we had uh, Sengoku Lord a couple of days ago. So that was the match they'd been building to with Evil and Hiroshi T- Tana. <sighs> Hiroshi Ta- Takahashi, because Takahashi, it's Tanahashi and Takahashi, and you've got to make sure you're talking about the right one. Fun fact about this, uh, Takahashi is the current junior heavyweight champion. The last time the junior heavyweight champion faced the IWGP heavyweight champion was a certain Finn Balor seven years ago. Ah. So, rare occurrence. Yeah. This was definitely the best wrestling match of EVIL's last couple of matches. It's not quite as interference heavy, but still a reasonable amount of interference heavy. Uh, they made uh, Takahashi came across looking fantastic. Fantastic. There was a couple of good spots when you actually thought he had Evil's number, but in the end the dodgy finish from his new support, Dick Togo, uh, won the day. Just hopefully we'll start changing this Evil dynamic. The best
3: thing I think about Dick Togo, aside from his name, is that a lot of people might not remember, but he was one of the people in the segment where Val Venus almost got the John Bobbitt situation. Uh, good fact.
2: Do you reckon that's where he got the name Togo from? Or Dick Togo from, anyway. Aye,
3: that's <laughs> I'm thinking. It used to be a, a three-word name. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, at the end of the show, we had ex-champion Tetsuya Naito came out to challenge Evil and set up the main event for the show I just mentioned, which is the finale of the Summer Struggle Tour in the baseball stadium. It's,
1: so I mean, the I'm assuming th- Evil's retaining the belt. was not going to go over Evil in that. I'm not sure,
2: because really. They- yeah, because they've, they've done this a couple of times. Like Jay White, uh, Jay White was their previous kind of big heel project. He's a Kiwi wrestler who went and did his tour over in Ring of Honor and came back and essentially won the belt quite quickly. I think he actually dethroned Kenny Omega for the US title shortly before that. And he essentially lost the belt about a month after he won it for the first time. So they mm-hmm. do, they've done this a couple of times. And Okada, as well, when he first won it against Tanahashi years and years ago, dropped it quite quickly. So, this was maybe just the booking trope to try and spice things up for a couple of months. Yeah. create a bit of tension between the factions because there was no one there. So, I'm intrigued to see where it goes, but I wouldn't be surprised to see Pim put the belt straight back on Naito.
1: And what should we be watching this week? Well, this week you should need to
2: catch up on that previous Senguku Lord match, really, don't you, from the weekend? Or, you can go back seven years and watch Finn Balor as the IWGP light heavyweight champion, challenge for the IWGP heavyweight champion. And
1: I think it was Tanahashi. Or Takahashi, was it?
2: No, well, this would have been Tanahashi. <laughs> Tanahashi's the, the one I always talk about with the lovely, lovely hair. That's the right. way I describe okay. it.
1: So Finn Bauer versus the man with the lovely, lovely hair. We'll go back the lovely, to that. Lovely, lovely hair. Thank can you. I do a, can I do a run-in on uh, turning Japanese? Oh, here a... we go. Yeah, I like this. <laughs>
3: So, um, as you guys both know, some listeners might not, but last night I interviewed the Good Brothers, uh, and last month I reported that they would be signing with Impact, but would be able to work with New Japan. So, they confirmed to me during that interview that yes, yes, they will be working with New Japan, they can't wait to go back to New Japan, and that they are actively pushing for a working partnership between both companies. They want Impact and New Japan working together again, which they're under new ownership impact. You know, Scott Damore has done stuff in the past with with New Japan. So it's probably more possible to be a success than ever. But they said, um, that's 100% true. We would 100% like to see a mutual relationship between the two companies. And um, the other little addition that they said, we mentioned Tanahashi there. Carl Anderson said it would be awesome to see Tanahashi come down to that ring and have a main event match with, who else? Eddie Edwards, the man that uh, we've got an interview with later. And he said...
1: It's all beautifully coming together.
3: All so, yeah, beautifully coming together. For, for a change, I can contribute to talking Japanese.
1: <laughs> excellent. I'm glad you can, Gary. I um, would be all
2: for that, and I'm looking forward to talking about the Good Brothers' first appearance in New Japan on their return. They will probably almost definitely be in the World Tag League at the end of the year.
1: Excellent. Look forward to all that stuff. And until next week, our most popular feature on the show, it's sayonara. <laughs>
2: News. Bad, bad,
1: bad, 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 bad news. It's the wrestling
2: news. That is not the news theme this
1: week. Right? Okay. What's the news jingle then? It's
0: Inspector
1: Gary. Okay. There right, we go. Right. Da-da-da-da-da, Inspector Gary did with the news Inspector Gary with the news. What's happening, Gary?
3: That's the best jingle, I think. Well, I had on the news considering
1: you had two seconds to think of that. (laughs) There we go. There we go. I'll write on you one every week. Um, Tell this man used to work in radio, can't you? uh, What is going on? The first story that I can see in the news script in front of me really excites me. SummerSlam could take place on a boat.
3: Aye, that's probably the best news we've ever had the chance to say on this segment, uh, because we're always talking about depressing stuff. This is exciting. Mike Johnson, the PW Insider, saying that they're considering WWE running SummerSlam outdoors. We know that Boston is out of the question. That got cut off last week. Um, you know, the Performance Center has been the go-to, but it seems like they're looking elsewhere. And man, SummerSlam, if they can choose to pre-record it, then the weather's not going to be an issue. Stick it on a boat, stick it on a beach, it's going to be absolutely brilliant. But yet, whether or not it's going to be in Florida is currently unknown. But um, Brian Alvarez added that they're considering holding the event outdoors because Vince McMahon doesn't want one of the company's biggest pay-per-views to be just another show in an empty arena with a bunch of fans wearing masks. Which, um, I don't know if anybody's seen anything for GCW at the weekend, but they ran an event on a little beach. Leo Rush made his comeback, it was absolutely brilliant, Uh, but they ran an event on a beach and it just looked fantastic, so a beach or a boat, count me in.
2: You know, Um, for a fact that Vince McMahon is going to go to hell and back with Bikini Girls, it's going to be... I was about to say (laughs)
1: that's exactly what's going to happen, it'll be Bikini Girls, surfboards... They can plug the ice creams, the new ice creams that are the retro ice creams, so there you go, perfect. Yeah, it all works out for everyone. plus you maybe get to see Braun Strowman wrestle a shark. I'm actually up for that. Somebody oh but somebody, you know, walking. and this leads on to the next story. Kyrie Zayn, the pri- the the pirate, is not gonna be in SummerSlam. This there's two they're just pa- like passing ships here. Excuse the pun. But they, they, Kyrie Zane is leaving the WWE at the time for he, he could have be been on a boat.
3: They completely done it out of having the pirate-themed WrestleMania entrance because obviously COVID-19 happened, so that is obviously sad, but yep, SummerSlam. You could would have, have been arrived on a wrestling. pirate
1: ship next to the boat for a match, that would have been incredible.
3: Man, aye, so we mentioned uh, that, that Kyrie saying as a way, obviously there's the, the stuff that's happened on Writer off TV, Bailey seems to have been the one to retire her which I guess is okay, kind of establishes the heel character, but literally seconds after that segment, um, didn't even wait until the end of Raw, Kyra <laughs> saying obviously had this tweet saved in the draft, ready, and boom, go as soon as, it, uh, as soon as she was off TV, saying my time in NXT and the WWE locker rooms was incredible, everyone was kind, funny, talented, uh, and every day was full of happiness. Well, when I read the full statement, but she essentially just was so grateful for her time there, um, and she said, Thank you from the bottom of my heart at the very end. The best thing about this, earlier the day, I went on and seen the official story on WWE.com, and you know the way that's normally, you know, wishes them the best in their future endeavours. For Kyrie, Sane, they wrote, WWE sends its best wishes to Kyrie, Sane as she sets sail on her next voyage. Just, like, that is amazing. Absolutely love that. So, yeah, I believe she is either back in or is going back to Japan. Um, and will probably work for WWE in an ambassadorial role. I'm not sure if she's going to continue wrestling, but either way, obviously one of those kind of bittersweet things where it's nice to see somebody go out on their own terms, but you did kind of feel like she had so much more to offer as well.
1: She's pretty young to to be calling it a day, you would think.
3: She's quite keen to have a family. Yeah, I believe that was it. She Uh, just got married. Her husband is still in Japan, um, so I think that was the situation. But she is 31 years old.
2: I can see her becoming like, the picture child for their global NXT Japan when they eventually get there. Her and Kushida.
3: And Make call the general manager, please.
2: Yep. Exactly. <laughs> I'm up for that. And they'll like do with like Kushida would get like a Finn Balor pop in Japan. that we yeah. Finn Balor gets an NXT UK essentially.
1: Yeah, I, I think it has been such a waste. She should have she should had the straps on the main roster, one of the straps in the main roster put on her because she's just so good. I mean nah. you'll never get a better you know Top rope elbow than Kairi Zane. I just remember
3: that in the May Young Classic um, where it was like she was like the hottest thing going. And they did capitalize on it in NXT, but it just seems like she's not quite got to that level on the main roster, which isn't her fault. Uh, and it's kind of a, a missed opportunity. Definitely had a lot more to offer. But if she wants to go back to Japan, if she wants to start a family, then you can't argue
1: with that at no, all. No, exactly, exactly. Uh, and talking oh. of... Characters in the business, Vince McMahon thinks that Alistair Black's character will limit him, apparently.
3: Yeah, so this is this is actually a more positive follow-up on the previous story. The previous story was just that Vince McMahon didn't like Alistair Black. Um, you know, a, a lot of people were saying that, just that he'd kind of followed out a favour with Vince. So this is a slightly more positive one. Um, we mentioned it last week, I think. I actually put it in my biddies for Raw where they had Alistair Black lose to Seth Rollins. First time he'd lost clean in a one-on-one contest and they just didn't acknowledge it, which wasn't good for Alistair Black or for Seth Rollins. But yeah, um, last night, obviously, I mentioned that he had been hit in the eye. It looks like he may suffer from, more favourite thing, global luxation. Oh. Um, so I that might be a case of that. He's got an injured arm now. We don't know what his situation is. But this was from a guy that every time I mention his name, I feel the need to say that he's brilliant. And I will keep saying it. Uh, Alex McCarthy, if he talks sport, the guy is one of the most legit journalists in the business. So I'm inclined to believe everything he says. So he mentioned that Vince McMahon apparently loves Alistair Black, loves Tommy End the person, more than can be said for a certain Rab Florence, um, (laughs) but loves uh, loves Alistair Black and loves Tommy End the person. The only thing is that he potentially sees a ceiling for the character, which is an odd one because you're like, this is the guy that pushed The Undertaker for years. I was about years. to
4: say, <laughs> for 20 years he's used the
1: Undertaker.
3: <laughs> uh, that's been his go-to guy. So it's odd that he sees someone with a very similar gimmick as having a ceiling. It's uh,
2: also but- one of the most like out-there gimmicks in WWE and the most <laughs> defined, isn't it? That's the thing.
3: Man, this is one, I think Alistair Black personally has been one of the people that suffered for not having a crowd because they always get a big crowd reaction. Um, but yeah, it seems like, and a lot of people knew this anyway, that Alistair Black was more a Paul Heyman type project. Like, we know it for, everyone talks about the Smackdown 6 as being for like 2002 with the big names or being like... Um, the women that came through a few years ago, there was another SmackDown Six last year, and it was the six people that were stuck in catering that people thought were, you know, better than that. I can't remember everyone, but it was essentially, you know, Alistair Black and Apollo Crews were two of the big names there. Liv Morgan was another one. Uh, And it seems like Paul Heyman was the guy that was the driving force behind bringing Black to Raw, making him a big deal. But apparently Vince McMahon has got concerns. um, And it was a find that the quote that he's a huge fan of Tom Budgeon. I always call him Tommy End, but Tom Budgeon. Um, but he does have some concerns about the character as he feels like it will limit him in the long run, which I disagree with, but who am I to disagree with Vince McMahon? The guy obviously knows
1: a lot more than me when it comes to building characters and stars. Oh, there you are. Um, and talking about a star, I, I, I try and link all these stories and talking about. A <laughs> <Full of> segues. <laughs> I like a little segue. I'm talking about big stars on their way up. Adam Cole, we mentioned that a bit earlier, on the Pat McAfee John's best friend. We're a bit further yeah. on this. Yeah. So,
3: <laughs> 90% of this, uh, 90% of me thinks this is a work but they're doing a really good job at making me have that 10% of doubt. There's been a lot of kind of back and forth with those two in the past, but Adam Cole got an invite onto Pat McAfee's show. I can't remember if we spoke about this last week because everything merges into one, but essentially Pat McAfee put a wee dig in there about Adam Cole's size, about him kind of relying on the undisputed era, which is what makes me think it's a work. Adam Cole was obviously socially distancing from him in the studio, but smashed the microphone uh, out of its holder, squared up to Pat Mag. Someone went and put his hand on Adam Cole's shoulder and kind of brushed him off. But then the, the most interesting bit of this for me is that Adam Cole then put out a, a big apology that oddly seemed a lot more sincere than a lot of apologies i have seen for wrestlers for legit things in the past few weeks. Um, some of them could maybe take a wee uh, note on how to, how to put out a really sincere apology. Um, but Triple H ended up on the show. And he has invited Pat McAfee onto NXT to try and settle their differences. So that's where you're like, right, well, it's definitely a right, okay. Either way, it was, you know, I quite like it. I don't know if it's going to result in an Adam Cole-Pat McAfee match because we've never seen Pat McAfee in the ring. <laughs> but um, well,
2: but know, I was... Back in commentary.
3: Yeah, it's the kind of thing that I don't mind. I love it when, you know, there was a lot of swear words and stuff going on. So it was the kind of thing we would never see on the, way the way television. But, I it's interesting. That is the kind of thing that I always like to see them going into the mainstream and going a bit out of the box with these kind of rivalries.
1: Unless it is a shoot, in which case, that's still fun to watch. There's more work in there than a working man's club at happy hour on a Friday. <laughs> there is just... Uh, it's just that. Uh, Mark Henry come out and saying as well it was it wasn't a work it was a shoot that get on oh, no way I don't know where it's going to lead no. I think I, I think this is the start of the Undisputed Years breakup. yeah but possibly I possibly. think this is the seeds I think this is the initial seeds on it oh, Adam McAfee
2: I mean, Adam, I mean it got me away from it too it was that Adam McAfee
1: that'll come down to Adam Cole saying listen I'll prove that I'll do it on my own and you know it'll be one of those ones so I, that's where I think it'll go but We'll wait and see. We'll wait and see. Um, That is all the news we've got for this week. Thank you, Gary. Thank you. (laughs) Oh, look at that. Is that the WWE SummerSlam boat going by us? Or is that Kairi Zane and our pirate ship going by the fantasy island Booking Beach? No, no, it's neither of them. All I can see out there is the Wrestling Daft Draft. And on this week, it's Wrestling Daft Draft. It's Big Alex who has the book as me and Gary sun ourselves on the island and wait to be told what are we fantasy booking in wrestling this week and remember anything goes.
2: Any kind of gradle run in TNA. Now I didn't actually specify an era so I mean you can go full Bits Russo TNA, full Jeff Jarrett TNA, full Dixie Carter TNA or you can do like modern TNA, which is probably the most sensible choice. John's (laughs) currently
3: in his mind trying to rebook Grado v. Hulk Hogan. I can see it going (laughs) on right
1: now. I didn't realise this. I thought it was modern day TNA. However, I do have to come and confess something right here, right now. Now, I said to you two earlier on in our Wrestling Daft Marks WhatsApp group, I have to admit and please don't tell Grado this. Maybe it's a good thing that he's maybe leaving the programme. I have to admit I have never seen an episode of any TNA wrestling ever. Does that. I'm, I'm not going
3: to get cocky here. I'm not going to get cocky. I might get complacent and still so lose.
2: <laughs> I'm going to give you a douche. During that conversation, Gary mentioned uh, a certain Impact World Heavyweight Champion. And John, what was your response to that?
1: Um, I got the wrong one. I thought it was Chris Bay that was coming on today and not Eddie Edwards Um, He's still a current champion so that's that's something
2: as long as he didn't say Tessa Blanchard I guess Uh,
1: that (laughs) is true that is true Um, so yeah I'm a slight disadvantage for this one but I want to give it my best shot so do you want to flip the badge Gary as we ever do we've got Gary has got a badge with his face on it we flip it we find out who's going to go first Bad news. I don't have the badge here because
3: I um, didn't go. I was sending out badges and stickers at the weekend, and I sent out the one that was on my thing. But right, instead, okay. I've got a I've got an Alexa Bliss coaster. Right. Okay. Fuck <laughs> <with> Alexa, Bliss. <laughs> Fucks- Alexa, Alexa Bliss coaster. What is it? Heads and tails. Ah, uh, heads can be the top it and tails can be the cork part. yeah Right. But I'll can, go. Uh,
4: I'll
1: go heads. There. Uh, I'll go heads. Cool.
4: <laughs> Alexa Bliss. Pick the heads.
0: It
1: is heads. Heads. I'm going to get the misery out of the way. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going. I'm just going to go first with my random booking off the top of my head. Okay, okay. Here we go. Start that. Call. We've got three minutes to book this match. Here we go. So as we all know, um, or maybe you don't know that the the TNA belt is virtually in the bin because Tessa Blanchard apparently wants hundred and fifty thousand dollars for it to be returned to TNA. Um. So as it is actually in the bin. We cut to a vignette of Grado walking by a bin somewhere in America and saying, what is that in the bin? Oh, it's the TNA, TNA belt. All his dreams have come true because Grado is now kicking about America with the TNA belt. Cue <laughs> several vignettes of Grado kicking about in various things like Disney World and things with the TNA belt, running about, having a great time eating macaroni. There's the belt. Having pizza. There's the belt. So, anyway, they gets wind of TNA, gets wind, and they invite Grado back on to the show to return the TNA belt. But Grado is so convinced that he is TNA world champion now that he is declaring himself that. So, they decide that there should be a unification match between him and Eddie Edwards. Sure, it's not Chris Bay now, yeah? I'm sure it's not Chris Bay. <laughs> Anyhow, the match goes, and Grado's getting his arse handy to him until. Al Snow returns to help Grado and Grado is now officially the TNA world champion however with the ever growing popularity people start listening to this podcast being Wrestling daft, and they listen back to all the episodes and suddenly lots of people come out of the come out of the woodwork to realise they've been getting a bit slagged off on this podcast so suddenly we have Loki, Eli Drake uh, Abyss Al Snow and Joe Hendry. Um, so they all find out. They start challenging Grado to a match for the World Championship because they want to get their beef done with them. So, what better thing to do than a King of the Mountain match with Grado in it, with all these people in it, to win the TNA World Championship and through jiggery pokery, whatever it happens at a King of the Mountain match, because I've never seen it, I've just heard about it. Grado wins! and he is the TNA world <laughs> champion officially. I'm I'm
2: slightly depressed how much I like that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> just the
2: idea of Grado finding a belt in a bin, and then I like the way that you also said that the two, the three things Grado's gonna do in America, right? He's gonna go to Disneyland, right? he's gonna eat macaroni, <laughs> does that at home, he's gonna eat pizza, surely that's another thing he can just do at home. <laughs> like,
1: <laughs> Wondering about America doing sites, and then all these vignettes of him going about and telling people that he's the TNA World Champion to just people in America.
2: Yeah, that's quite. It's quite good. Um, um, yeah, that was decent. Ten points, John. Ten points. Thank you. Thank you. So I need to actually get ready
3: for mine because, as you know, we are called the Marks, and I actually managed to dig out
1: an old Grado T-shirt. <laughs> you need to see the video version, sign up to patreon.com forward slash wrestling. And you can see Gary has marked out and he's got a It's Yourself t-shirt on. Actually, I won this t-shirt in a
3: competition through Tenant's lagger about five years ago. So it barely fits, but, <laughs> but I thought it was fitting. Um So I almost went for a shoot fight between Grado and Eli Drake just for the sake of it. But I decided against that. Now, for people that don't know, there's currently two world championships in Impact right now. One is recognised. One is the Impact Wrestling World Championship. One is the TNA World Championship, which Moose holds and says he is the rightful champion, despite Impact not wrestling it, uh, not um, um, recognising it. So, I am going the route of Moose doing an open challenge. And Moose's open challenge, all the, Timp- uh, all the Timpact, or the TNA uh, wrestlers come out of the woodwork. They all want a shot at the title. You've got Rhino, you've got Ken Shamrock, RVD, all the guys that are currently there. And then, all of a sudden, he runs out of challengers, and we actually hear it. Impact have finally paid for the Madonna music. <laughs> we finally get Life is a Mystery Blasting. Gradle comes out and goes, Here you, Moose, do you know what a Moose is in Scotland? It's tiny and I can trample all over it. um it. We feed <laughs> the cats. I'm here to take your TNA Championship. I've been carrying this name with pride for years. I've had checks that have been drawn rather than actually put together. <laughs> I'm here to take my rightful claim as the TNA Champion because I've carried this name through thick and thin. Moose um, says, well, Gradle, you were fired. Uh, you were fired in a match. You know, you we are fired in the feast or Fired thing. Um, And then everybody, this is when we get crowds back in the building, we've got Moose feels Grado chants, everything you know, and then Moose says, well Grado, if you want to win, you need to, if you want a match with me, you need to win 10 matches. Uh, you need to win against all the legends that have come before you. So we get Grado versus Tommy Dreamer, Rhino, Ken Shamrock, just because that would be brilliant. Uh, everybody Almost wants to see that him match as well. <laughs> yep, exactly. Everybody you want to see him against. Maybe uh, we can get him against Minoru Suzuki if we do get that partnership between <laughs> Impact and New Japan. Um, but by this point, the long-awaited Impact return to the UK has happened. We've got an Impact date set for the Hydro, and we get Grado versus Moose as, one of the, as the co-main event for the TNA Championship, of course Grado wins it, and what happens, the lights go out, aces and aces are returning, we've got Bubba Ray Dudley, we've got D'Lo Brown, Gallows and Anderson have joined, everybody's there, they come out, they beat up Grado, and who do we get, but the youngest guy in Impact is the new chosen one, and it's Ace Austin, they all stand over Grado, and it goes forward for a Grado versus Ace Ace Austin feud in the future.
2: Well done Gary, well done. Good use of TNA lore there. That makes me very happy. <laughs> <laughs> I also do like the idea of Grado versus Ken Shamrock and Grado versus Minoru Suzuki. But if you <laughs> it happens, if you do get your NJPW partnership, that probably has to be a Bullet Club faction that comes out of the end instead of that. Uh,
3: that's true. So that Aye.
2: The as well just to throw a little bit of extra booking in there. Grado can join the Bullet Club, sorted. <laughs> 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 I also think Gredo versus the legends could be quite entertaining T V for ten weeks. Do you know Especially you do? after the, the story I told you about Mama Ray
3: Dudley on uh, last week's show.
4: Yeah. I think yeah. Uh, I, I think
3: those two have got a wee
2: bit of heat there. <laughs> yeah,
4: yeah.
1: It's an easy enough decision here, Alex.
2: I think I think unfortunately, John, I, I, I'll put it really nicely. The match that you had as your big main event, it couldn't actually happen because I think only one of the wrestlers that you mentioned is under contract in <laughs> DNA currently.
1: Best fantasy book island, man, in Ireland, man.
2: Fantasy the best fantasy is always set in reality. <laughs>
1: right okay that's then. definitely
2: not the case i'm just using wrestling logic yeah. yes this week gary with his backdoor knowledge of tna has definitely taken this one down i'm afraid john
1: well I done don't... gary no surprise there <laughs> both of the
2: storylines did involve Grado and in a stolen championship which i think is quite fitting from both <laughs> of-
1: So it's interview time, we've not had one in a wee while actually, Uh, and Gary is on the case, he wrote a very nice uh, article about Impact Wrestling, now he seems to have the front door keys to Impact, so (laughs) expect lots of, just as potentially Grato's leaving the Wrestling Daff podcast, don't worry, it's not the end of TNA, we've got all the Impact Wrestling interviews coming up on this podcast, and we're going to kick it off with a man called Eddie Edwards. What did you chat to
3: Eddie about? Like you were saying, this is the way that we try and entice Gradle back in. We say, <laughs> oh, I can get all the TNA names on. Um, but I so I, I wrote an article just about how Impact, it's not an overnight success story. They've been working at this for two and a half years to get all these names back in the door, um, to get all the eyes back on the product. Impact really kindly shared that article. I need to put myself over there because they put me over. But they have been giving me a load of interviews recently, uh, the first of which was with the world champion. Of the first of this, you know, I've interviewed a load of folks through them before. The first of this new kind of set of interviews is with our current world champion, Eddie Edwards. He won the vacated title that um, Tessa Blanchard had vacated. So the next person to hold that title, you're know, like, they need to be a big name. They need to be a, a name that's going to carry the company they went with Eddie Edwards, and this interview just shows why uh, the guy's really well-spoken. The guy knows the company inside out, and he speaks a lot about the new arrivals they've got, you know, particularly the Good Brothers, who I mentioned earlier that I'd also interviewed. So I'm guessing we will uh, hear that maybe next week on the show. Uh, so I think he believes, I believe he talks about a bit about um, how they are, you know, just people that will bring eyes to impact or people that, if there's fans of the Good Brothers that have never seen impact, now they will see impact. I spoke about Eric Young, how that's the first person he wants to face. And yeah, just a, a brilliant chat. I, you know, I've never been a, a massive TNA or impact guy until a couple of years ago when he got his face smashed in with a baseball bat off Sammy Callahan. That was my first kind of introduction to Eddie Edwards. And yeah, the guy, you can just see the determination he's got in here in the interview. So, Really good fun for me, and yet hopefully everyone else enjoys it, whether they're Impact fans or not.
1: Yeah, Guido has mentioned that Eddie's the kind of taker backstage on, on Impact. So it'll, yeah, I'll be interested to hear what he's got to say. So here it is, Gary, sitting down with, and obviously I haven't seen TNA, I said, Eddie Edwards, is that the ski jumper? When you Google, but, those are the two that come up. So. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but is Eddie Edwards the wrestler and not the ski jumper with Gary? <laughs>
3: I need to start with a question that everyone, I think, that interviews you over the next however long will be ans- or will be asking you: How does it feel to be Impact World Champion? You know, it, it feels
0: great. Uh, you know, especially just with the all the, the excitement around Impact right now, with everything that's going on, uh, to be able to be the face, you know, the face of Impact, be the champion, the world champion of Impact. It's a special thing, and uh, you know, anytime a company takes a chance on you, you know, it's a, it's a true honor. But especially right now, just with everything that's going on and and all, all the excitement around Impact, you know, I, I'm a, I'm honored to be champion right now. and it feels really damn good, I'm not gonna lie.
3: <laughs> I can only imagine. So we're definitely gonna get into a lot of Slam adversity, and of course, what's coming up for Impact. But I've got one question that actually goes past before this week. It's only one question, but I think it's an instrumental one in terms of Eddie Edwards and the new and improved Eddie Edwards that I think I think we're seeing right now. Um, I feel like this maybe goes back to a couple of years ago and maybe a certain incident with a baseball bat. Um, but you've been on a tear ever since then, making the most of every single opportunity that I would say comes your way, but it's opportun- opportunities you're carving out for yourself. Is that something you feel like was maybe a turning point in your career, and maybe something that spurred you on to success, or is it something completely different? No,
0: without a doubt, you know that was obviously a big thing. Kind of something, you know, yeah, I, that was obviously some bad luck at the time. But uh, you know, we, we took that that whole scenario, that whole situation, and we made that most of it. I feel. It forced me to grow, you know, not only as a performer, but as a person. And it, it challenged me to step outside my comfort zone and, and kind of see what else I could do. And, and it's all led up to this moment. So, you know, obviously, as, as crazy as it is to say um, about getting hit in the face with a baseball bat and breaking my face, that I wouldn't go back and change a thing. But, you know, little we'll sins here. I'm the champion. You know, I'm healthy. I'm happy. So, I, in fact, wouldn't go back and change a thing, and it was very instrumental in in playing its part into
3: who I am today. (laughs) Most definitely, man, and like you said, and like we keep saying, because it's great, you are the current world champion. Of course, that happened at Slammiversary. Now, I'm not sure if I remember an event in the past few years with so much hype surrounding it, so much excitement, and it somehow still exceeded expectations. I need to ask, you know, I know that backstage and Impact and in the locker room for the past year and, and even longer, there's been a, a very high morale, a lot of, you know, excitement and determination. But were there any nerves in the build-up to the event that maybe, you know, there was just too much expectation to deliver? Or was it just pure excitement and wanting to go out there and get it over and done with? Nah, you
0: know, I think it was pure excitement. You know, but it, it, I mean, I'm not gonna lie, it was pressure. But I think it was it was good pressure and pressure. Like, you know, we had a lot of eyeballs on us. So obviously, there was hype going into the event. So it's you know, in our mind, especially being in the main event, it's like, okay, well, this pay per view. we're in the last match going out. We're in the main event. We have to go out there and we have to represent not only ourselves but represent the company to the best of our ability. And if anything, all the hype, all the pressure, it it forced us. It forced us to go out there and make sure that we, we did everything we could because, you know, after an event like that, you don't want to come to the back and be like, gosh, you know, I wish I did this hard. I wish I tried hard. You know, that's, that's one thing that Impact is never going to do. We're always going to go out there, we we're going to leave it all out there. And uh, I can say without a doubt, we everybody on the roster went out there and left everything we had out there in the ring. Yeah
3: definitely and that's something I feel like every impact interview I've done everyone's spoken about you know the thing that I mentioned there of how tight knit a locker room you guys are how determined everyone is to pull together and work as a team that being said there have been um, I think an understatement would be saying a lot of new additions to the locker room over the last few days (laughs) I know it's early days but how are they all fitting in?
0: Yeah, you know, so far, so good. Uh, you know, it's, it's obviously still fresh and still new, but I feel that, you know, anybody who's going to come to Impact, anybody who's, who's able to come to Impact or come back to Impact, they understand what Impact is about. And, and I feel that the, between the front office and the rest us coming in, that there's an understanding of, of how this locker room is and how, how we act and how we support each other. Uh, I think that that's something that is understood before coming in. Um, So, so far so good and I I just feel like they're great additions to
3: his locker room and it's going to help us take that next step. Definitely, and I feel like I would be remiss not to ask about a few of them. I'm not going to run through all of them, um, but I would like to get your thoughts on a few. Of course, you're, you're holding the gold right now, but I would need to ask about someone that's definitely familiar with holding gold and impact. Eric Young, he's almost like a legend when you think of, you know, Impact, or back even when Impact was under the TNA brand. What are your thoughts on Eric Young and him returning to Impact? You know, I think it's,
0: it, first of all, he's a, a great wrestler. He's a great athlete. To have him come back to Impact, it, it's our, it's you know, it's our chance to capitalise on him. He, You know, he went elsewhere, and obviously he wasn't given the chance that he should have been given. But that's going to be their mistake. You know he's coming back to Impact, and the great thing is he's coming back with something to prove. Not that he has anything to prove, but he's coming back with something to prove. Which, again, that fits into the Impact locker room where, you know, Impact has been has been written off for so long, and you know we've had his underdog attitude, which has definitely played to our advantage. Him coming back, wanting to prove something. It's just going to help. You know, it's just going to help Impact as a whole. And I'm looking forward to. To working with him and wrestling with Eric Young, like I, I the possibilities of matchups throughout the whole roster, you know, it, it's it's unbelievable the fact that we can have him come back and get to use him, and he gets to do what he wants to do and um, prove the world that you know he, nobody should ever should ever miss out on a chance to use Eric Young to his full
3: advantage. Definitely, and the the other um the opposite end of the scale, I think this goes to, but I need to ask um. So I always pride myself on being transparent, and full disclosure, I put out an article on the Good Brothers signing with Impact. So when the tweet went out breaking the news, making it official, I was obviously personally delighted. But that tweet has gone on to become the best performing tweet in Impact Wrestling history. Now that is that's an instant impact if there ever was one. What do the Good Brothers bring to Impact Wrestling?
0: Well, you know, obviously they bring a lot of hype and they bring you know a lot of excitement. With the fact that they announced, you know, it was announced the night before Slam and it picked up so much so much momentum leading up to SummerSlam themselves. So, you know, they are obviously able to bring new eyes and bring some fans that maybe they had but weren't watching Impact. They get to bring that in, so it's a whole other level where we're gonna able we're gonna be able to show ourselves and show what we can do. To people who may not have watched in a while or maybe they haven't watched impact at all forever so to be able to, for them to bring the new, this new fan base and that's an amazing thing and like you said you can see the uh, quote-unquote impact that they, ha- they have had already so for them to come in and create this momentum and create this buzz that's not somebody a good thing for everybody involved
3: definitely and a, a cheeky little one here we know a lot of free agents have come on board I need to ask I know there's not a lot left out there after the amount that Impact seemed to have picked up but are there any others that you would like to see join the brand? Well you know it's
0: tough because like you said there's, there's been so much change so much so many new faces right now um, I, I feel that if anybody if, if, if Impact you know the officers of Impact feel that there's somebody out there who deserves a shot I would love to come in mean, whether it's you know, from another company, and maybe they've been, you know, independent wrestlers for so long. I feel that we are, we're in a great place right now, and there's nothing we don't need, you know, something right now. But if there's somebody that can come in and make a difference, I say by all means, let's sign let's see what they can do. Most definitely,
3: and you know, a lot of a uh, a lot of people might have recently started watching Impact, and they might not have seen the hard work that's gone in over the past two and a half years. So I want to ask you about a couple of those names as well before we round up. You know, you were in the main event with a man who I think has taken the world by storm. Who is, you know, proven to be one of Impact's breakout stars. Although, you know, you guys were two of the last guys standing uh, in the main event of Slammiversary. Ace Austin, man, what a talent and what a young talent. What are your thoughts on Ace Austin? Yeah, you know, he's one of the
0: guys that, you know, going into Slam. Him and Trey, obviously the match had changed numerous times, and these are two young guys who were getting their first shot in the main event at the biggest pay-per-view, at the most hyped-up pay-per-view for for Impact in quite a while, that they had to go out there and it's either sink or swim time, and uh, clearly they both succeeded in swimming in in the main event, where, you know, I've worked with Ace Austin before, and I know what he's capable of, so to see the success that he's had recently, It's a great thing because, you know, he's young, he's young, his athletic ability is off the charts, and he's just going out there and he's proving week after week that he does belong on Impact, he does belong in the main event, and he can deliver in any position you put him in. So it's always good to see somebody, you know, who, who came into Impact, you know, with not much name value or came into Impact as a relative unknown, but then to have the success, and, and every time Impact gives them the ball, they run with it. So, to see a, both Inks and Trey do that, that's a, that's a sense of accomplishment for the company, you know, that, that shows what Impact, is and what Impact is and what Impact does for the town, the opportunity they give us.
3: Most definitely, and I know that you've got a, a slight vested interest in the knockouts division, um, to say the least, What are your thoughts on just that division? For me, I think it's probably one of the best female rosters in the world. What do you think of the knockouts division and impact right now? I I,
0: I think the knockouts, I think it's on fire. The the whole division with the with the amount of knockouts that we have, and, and the talent, you know, the little more talent that the Impact division has right now, I feel it's off the charts, you know, there's so many, you know, we are talking about Impact as a whole, there's so many matchups and different matchups that we can do, but you look at that Knockout division, there's so many matchups and there's so much talent that, you know, there could, any one of them can be champion on every night, on any night. So the fact that, you know, right now Deion is a champion, but the, the uh, you know, the sky's the women as far as it goes with the knockouts, and yeah, You know, I wouldn't be surprised with the amount of talent, the amount of girls that we have that... I, maybe they bring back the knockout tag titles. I wouldn't be opposed
1: to that because I feel that we
3: have that many great athletes in that knockouts division that that would be a great thing to do right now. I completely agree there. Um, and, and that leads on to another little point I need to ask about. So bringing back championships, what are your thoughts on holding the TNA World Championship?
0: You know, uh, however it came, you know, however it came to be, uh, it, it is what it is. You know, Moose, Moose wanted to be the champion, so therefore he, he found the belt and he's the champion. You know, with all that being said, he's done a great job as a TNA champion, you know, representing, representing this championship belt that was, was, had no longer existed. But he brought it back and he's turning it into a true championship and you have to applaud him for that. Um, So to see what he's been able to do, to to see him take it from nothing into what it is now, that right there, that's an accomplishment. And and now there's another championship, you know, an impact that people are going to
3: want to fight for. Excellent. And I've got two final questions. Um, The first one is about impact overall, and the second one we will wait and see. Uh, the, The first one I need to ask, you know, we mentioned that numerous times over the past few minutes, impact is probably maybe hotter than ever right now. But that has been the result of, you know, years of hard work. It's not an overnight success by any means. But even looking at Twitch on Tuesday, 8,000 live viewers at the peak of the the Twitch stream, which is obviously a simulcast with Access TV, um, trending on Twitter several times. I think, you know, this might be the most exciting time that I remember in, you know, modern history of Impact. How exciting is it for yourself and the rest of the roster? And what can we expect going forward from you guys?
0: I mean, it's, it's unbelievably exciting. Obviously, like, it was the success of Slam, and then we had the TV tapings following it, it was just, you know, everybody was walking on the uh, cloud nine. You know, like, we all felt the momentum and everything, but it's also a time where, where we can't, you know, we're not going to be comfortable, we're not going to get complacent, and I feel like we're all on the same thing, that, like, Slam was a success, the Last Impact episode was a success, but we have to do that. Each and every week, and I feel that you know that's not something that we're missing. You know, we know what we have to go out there and do. So, sure, we can be happy about it. That's fine. But it's all about the next week and the next match. We can't get happy with we can't get happy with last week's win. You know? we have to go out there and do it again
3: next week. One hundred percent. And I think that's the hunger that has made Impact, you know, thrive over the past couple of years and got you to this point. So why change? Um, now I've got one final question. We've mentioned it a load, but I don't think I'll get sick of mentioning it, and you won't get sick of hearing it. You are the world champion. You're the guy at the top of the food chain right now. Who do you want to defend that title against first? Uh, you know,
0: right now, you talking about Eric I'm coming back. I feel that me and him, we can really do some good things in that ring, inside and outside. I feel like our, our personalities, our styles, just everything combined. Uh, I look forward to
3: defending that title against him in the future I feel they like we're going to create some great things 100% agree and I can't wait to see that match Thank you so much Eddie for your time I really appreciate it And best of luck going forward Thank you very much And thank you for supporting uh, Impact Wrestling And I look forward to talking
0: to you again in minute.
3: Most definitely man Thanks a lot, have a great day You too, take care
0: Cheers
1: so that's it for this week's show. Uh, wrestling after and March, thank you very much for listening. Remember to rate, review, it, and subscribe to the podcast on Apple. Um, we don't know what's going to happen Friday. Um, mm-hmm. Rab and Gradle might be here. But at this point, thanks once again for signing up to our Patreon. We really appreciate it, and we really hope we keep this podcast going. Like I say, we'll still be here talking shite on a Tuesday about wrestling. And hopefully, you you'll stay with us on that. And um, if you want to do write a review, follow Gaza's um, on Apple. He's written, Hope the show survives. Always a good laugh, even when the wrestling is garbage. Our sentiments, exactly. No, so, uh, sorry, I thought
2: you just decided to start calling Gary Gaza. And I was like,
1: No, 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 no. He's Inspector Gary from here <laughs> on in. Uh, so, yeah, please, in the next week, well, see if you can get onto Patreon, patreon.com forward slash wrestling. Just sign up for the $4. It'll really help keep the boys on the program. And we'll be back again here this time next week. I potentially might see you Friday. We shall wait and see. But until then, keep marking out.
0: Audio Frontier. With the Lucky Land Sluts, you can get lucky just about anywhere.